Colossians chapter 1. I invite you to turn to those if you'd like to follow along. You've got the, the Bible there in your own, and you can look at that with me. Colossians chapter 1. Grace and peace are yours in Jesus. So one of my dreams in life, not a big dream, just like this little kind of goal, you know, you have, is to open a sandwich shop. You want to go to the, the next slide there, the next picture. I, I would love to open a little sandwich shop because I, I love to be able to look at that sign, that sign and see all the different sandwiches. I, I'm the kind of guy, I, I, we kind of organize our family trips around good sandwich shops. I look up and I on Google reviews and I find out all the, the great places that we could go. Pastrami on rye, right, or a, a chicken and avocado, or maybe a, a, a beef a steak and Buddha, something like that. It, it sounds really always great for me. And I love how you can look at the menu and, and you can then look at the list of items that they have and maybe they come up with really fun, creative names for their sandwiches. But then I ultimately, I love how you can look at the menu and then see the twist that they add to their favorite sandwiches. So you think like the pastrami on rye and maybe they throw in some hot peppers. I wonder what that tastes uh, or, or they take the, the chicken and avocado and they, they put in some oven roasted uh, tomatoes. That sounds like a nice twist. I'd love to try that. Right? So I love, I love those little trips to the sandwich shops. And then the crowning achievement, the crowning achievement of a good sandwich is what? It's that, that little stick, the toothpick kind of thing, that they stick through it, hold it all together. Every good sandwich has to have a great little toothpick that holds it all together. And, and on the, the top of it, if they really care, they put that crinkle foil, that, that little paper that looks so cool on top of it. And it's like this little flag waving at you and it says, this sandwich has been made just for you. This is going to be the best thing that you have ever eaten. And we trust that you know how much we care about you, how important you are to us, and we put all of our love into this sandwich. Now I know I'm over-reading that sandwich, but man, that's, that's how I love a good, good sandwich. That's why one of my dreams in life is to own a good sandwich shop. When I make it big, well, of course. And I got a lot of extra money to do it, of course. I think it kind of serves for me as a little bit of a metaphor, a picture of what it is to have uh, our, our Christian life and the decisions that we get to make for better or for worse, as part of our Christian life. And we've been walking through a little bit of that menu, I would say, over the last few weeks. And, and what I mean by that is this. The first week, we took a look and we said, you can either have grace or love. Either you choose a sandwich, so to speak, either you choose in your life to have a relationship with God that is determined by his forgiveness and approval of you, no matter what you've done because of Jesus, or, or you pick a relationship that is dictated by your obedience to his instructions. Your choice. What many are going to pick. And see, the sandwich is more than just that, because then the next week, the next week we said, either faith or works. Faith or works. Your choice. And just like a good sandwich, there are certain things that usually go together, right? Usually grace and faith go together. Usually law and works go together. But maybe you're one of those creative types and you mix it up. I'm not saying that's good, but maybe you do. 
that either your relationship with, with your, your place in life is driven by your trust in promises, or your life is driven by proving yourself. One or the other. Then last week, we took a look at either scripture or your old self. You can either make the foundation for the choices in your life, the truth that Jesus has given us, or you can make the foundation for the choices in your life, the sound that comes out of your own head and your own heart. And again, there's a normal way that people put it together. Normally, people say, I like grace and faith and scripture, just like I like a good pastrami on a ride. But if you really want, you can kind of mix it up. And some people do, right? And they say, I want to live a life of faith, of trust, but I really like the sound of my own voice. So I'm going to choose faith and the sound of my voice. It's like putting some strongly on meat. It's just weird. It's not the right thing to do. Don't mix it up that way. But some people like to. And this week, then, the Lord says to us, what's the crowning achievement of your sandwich? you got to have something that's sticks into it all and holds it all together. What's that little toothpick, so to speak, with the little flag of crimpled, crimpled fluff on top that holds it all together in your life? That's what the Apostle Paul asks us today in Colossians chapter 1. If you've got those words in front of you in a the Bible there, you can, you can see them. Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says this, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Did you hear that? The Apostle Paul says, one person, one thing, hold all things together. One person can be that little stick that holds your sandwich together so you can really enjoy it. And who is that or what is that? It's the Son. He's talking about Jesus. Right? He's talking about Jesus as, as a picture of God. And he says that Jesus, as this picture of God, he can do something that nothing else in all of creation can do for you. Nothing else, none of the powers, none of the rulers, none of the authorities, nothing else in all creation can hold all things together for you like the Son. He says he's not like the powers and rulers and authorities. When the Apostle Paul says powers and rulers and authorities, what do you think of? If you're like me, maybe you, maybe you think of politicians. You think of presidents and governors. We've got, we got a lot of them running around these days, don't we? I think we're all a little glad that the election is done and we don't have to see the ads anymore. But the politicians and, and the governors, they, they certainly at least like to act as if they could be the ones that hold our lives together. They, they do, though, for, for some people, don't they? They are those pins in our lives, the toothpicks that kind of push everything together, that make all the policies, all the decisions, all the big ideas that drive our lives. But, but maybe you don't think of that. Maybe you think of significant religious organizations and institutions. They certainly hold lives together for some, maybe things like the Muslim Caliphate or the Roman Catholic Church or, or the Mormon Church. They, they hold all things together for, for certain people, don't they? Or, 
maybe you don't even think of those things when you think of rulers and powers and authorities. Maybe you just think of movements. Don't we live through some movements in our lives that almost take on a, a mind of their own? It's like they control people. Do you live through maybe the, the nationalist movement of the last few years and it seems to just run people's lives? Or maybe, maybe you think about the feminist movement or you think about the Me Too or whatever other movement you might think of for a while. You say, man, it's like those things. They have this power, they have an authority over people's lives, and they just, they just run things. See, the Apostle Paul is, is not ignorant of all of the facts, right, that there are these rulers and these powers and these authorities, and they, they at least claim they seem to run our lives for a time. They seem to have a, a rule over our lives. And sometimes we can't even recognize them, sometimes we feel like we can identify them, but, but they're there. They're there, aren't they? And he says there are all these rulers and these powers and authorities, and they're all out there competing and saying to us, I will hold your life together. I'll run them. Now, I'm not telling you, I gave you a few examples, right? But I'm not telling you exactly who is a ruler and who's not. I'm not trying to tell you that this movement is a terrible thing, because it's trying to run your life, that movement isn't a bad thing because it's it's not trying to right we're not we're not doing that we're not doing that because the apostle paul doesn't do that does he he doesn't give you a list here and say this person is run by that thing rather he says there are rules there are powers there are authorities and do you recognize them right you know that one person is run by money their whole life is just driven, isn't it, by decisions about money, about what to do about money, how to spend money, what they could become if they had money. Their whole life is driven by money. You know, the next person, their life is driven maybe by, by power. Their life is ruled by becoming important, having power, choosing what to do with power, feeling the sense of power. Then maybe the next person, their life is, is run by politics by their, this political figure or that political figure and, and what they said last. And, and do we recognize these rulers and these powers and these authorities? His point's not to say this is one is a bad one and this is a good one. His point, rather, is to ask you a key question. It's to make a, a key point to you. And he caught it at the end. He says, in him all things hold together. His point is to ask you and I, does the ruler and the authority and the power of your life hold things together? Or do they end up crushing your life and making it fall apart? Maybe that seems like a, a silly question to you, but you start looking at, at reality, you look at people's lives, and you can see that some rulers and powers and authorities break things apart more than they put things together, don't they? Think about the guy whose life is driven by power. He wants power and he, he abuses his children, he rules over them with fierce force. He wants power and so he, he does what he wants at work. He fights with his boss all the time. Eventually he, he maybe gets fired or he says, I'm just going to go and do my own thing because I want power and I want to rule my own life. He might feel like he, he can put his life together for a while, but eventually that power just crushes 
Everybody around him does it. Or, or think about the person who says, I want, I am going to let the politicians ruin my, run my life for a while. They get to have the power, they get to have the authority to hold all things together. They can be that little, little stick to hold all things together. Seems to maybe hold things together, but there's all kinds of pokes and fractures and flaws, aren't there? And they pretty quickly break up the relationships that we have with everybody else. You know, you can go back to that illustration of the, the sandwich menu. Think about that sandwich. You know, if you go into a sandwich shop, one thing you notice is everybody uses the same oversized toothpick to hold the sandwiches together. What I mean is, I've yet to go into a sandwich shop and have somebody try to use a two-by-four to hold their sandwiches together. You ever seen that one? No, of course not, right? I I've never gone into a sandwich shop and had somebody pull out a stick that they got out of the yard on the tree and try to hold their sandwiches together. I've never gone into a sandwich shop and had somebody shave a splinter of wood and try to use a, a tiny little splinter to, to hold the, the sandwich together. No, everybody only uses one thing. They use that oversized toothpick. And, and yet, you know, you look at us and what do we tend to do with our lives? How many people haven't taken that two by four of power and they use that and they try to say, I'm going to hold my life together this way. And it just crushes everything. How many people haven't taken that, that fractious splinter of politics or even particular political figures and said, I'm going to hold my life together this way. And they end up getting poked and they get bleeding and, and it's ruining everything. And eventually it just, everything cracks apart because it's a splinter that's not meant to hold everything together. How many people haven't taken the, the wiggly, crooked, beat-up stick of some movement or another and tried to say, I can, I can hold my life together with this movement. This will really keep my life together. Paul's point is to say, you know, guys, we have all of these rulers and these powers and authorities that are claiming to, to run our lives. And we, we have to ask the question, do they actually hold things together for us? He says there's one guy who actually can. One guy can actually hold things together for us. And he, he shows us this way. He says, God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. One thing can hold all things together. And here's why. Because one guy reconciled us to the Father. One guy was able to take people who had broken a relationship so far apart that there would be no way to bring it back together, to, to put it back together. And he found a way to bring it back together. That word reconcile, that's the word that, that Paul uses. It's a, it's a great picture. It's what happens when you've got your little petty cash drawer and you thought you knew how much you had in it. You said I had $7.57. And then you go you go to your, your, your boy and you say, hey, you know, I had $7 and I had 57 cents in my, my petty cash and now it only has $6 in it. We 
did my money go? What are you trying to do? You're reconciling the accounts. You're making it match back up to where it is supposed to be. What God did for us in Jesus is he took people who were supposed to be connected to God and he crossed that great divide so that he could bring us back together. He came back to us and he didn't just say to us, I'm going to bring you back to God. Why are you not at that place? But he said, I'm going to go to the cross. I will take my own splinter of wood and I'll put it on my back so that I can begin to hold you back together with God. That's what it is to reconcile. Only one man in all of creation brought his own splinter of wood and put it on his back so that he could hold you together, not just, not just to God, but so that you could be held together in your own lives and with all of the creation around you. Do you want to hold together your family? Put that splinter of wood into your life. You want to hold together your life personally? Put that splinter of wood in your life. You want to hold together with your neighbors and your friends? Put that splinter of wood in your life. Only one little piece of wood in the whole world can actually hold everything together. It wasn't that hard. You know, one of the things that really came as a surprise to me, where I got to see uh, all of this reconciliation in action, was Right around the beginning of the pandemic, it was like somebody somewhere knew something was going on. All of a sudden, I had a whole bunch of people uh, reach out to me, and they show, started showing up from, at church, even though they hadn't been around in, in 20 years, or 30 years, or 40 years. So somebody came and they said, hey, you know, I had this bad thing happen with, with church 30 years ago. I haven't been around, but I'd like to kind of think about it. And then I had somebody else come and say, I haven't been to church in 10 years, and I'd I like to maybe come around and think about it again. And they said, will you help me? And so we said, okay, do you believe in Jesus? Do you have sin in your life that you need to, to confess? Do you trust God to be the ruler and the Lord over your life? Will you let him guide you in all of your ways? Right? We went through all of those kinds of questions. And it was so neat then to be with these people and watch them get reconciled, to get brought back to God. Now, do they have perfect lives? That because now somehow they, they put that splinter of wood back into their life that their life is just a magic act? No. Not at all. Not, I'm not saying But they got to be reconciled to God. That by that splinter, splinter of wood, God reached across time and space and brought them back to be with family, to be with friends, to be whole themselves and to be connected to him. That is something that only Christ can do. Only Christ can reconcile you to himself and to the Father. And let's pray that he would keep on reconciling us to himself. And that would be the one menu of our lives, that little splinter of wood that holds that sandwich of grace and faith and scripture together, that holds us together. Pray for that. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and being that, that little piece of wood that would hold not only our lives together, but all creation and would hold us to you.
We pray that you would, you would forgive us, you would overlook all of the times that we've let other rulers and powers and authorities try to hold our lives together, try to keep us together, and rather let us trust and depend upon you and your little piece of wood that cross that unites all of creation. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.